This is a special release by the PBE Podcast. Dr. Jan Rasmussen is about to present to you the mineralogy of Arizona, how it was created, how much work went into this book, and truly it's one of a kind. Dr. Jan Rasmussen is one of the five authors of the mineralogy of Arizona. This book is now available to purchase. Just Google Mineralogy of Arizona 4th Edition. You can get your copy today at uapress.arizona.edu. Hi there. Good to see so many people interested in minerals. This is great. So about 10 years ago, uh, Ray Grant and Ron Gibbs started working on this project. Uh, Ray asked me to work on the uh, geologic history of Arizona and the geologic or the maps of the mineral districts. So I got Stan Keith to help me and uh, we uh, proceeded. So here we all are. Uh, on the left is Ron Gibbs. That's me in the blue sweater. Harvey Jong is next and uh, Ray Grant, the principal author, and then Stan Keith. And we wanna say thank you to John Callahan who did the maps and the illustrations. Uh, thank you to the University of Arizona Press and the reviewers, editors, and others. They did an incredible job of finding all the little details that we missed. And we also wanted to thank all of the donors, including TGMS, who gave us money. And a lot of you individuals also gave money to the, the book, but especially Freeport McMoran, which donated $10,000 for the color photos of the book. That's why the book is relatively cheap for something that's 600 pages. This fourth edition is a um, continuation of the third and second edition. In the uh, second edition, there were 600 and some minerals. Third edition, which was this one over here on the right, was by John Anthony, Sid Williams, Dick Bedeau, and Ray Grant, who is the principal author in our fourth edition. So um, there are, in that book, there are 992 verified Arizona species. Uh, 233 have been added since the third edition. There's 87 type minerals. Uh, was 27 years ago that the third edition was done and there's more than 300 color photos. So the um, chapters in the book, there's a short introduction, chapter one on gemstones, chapter two on fluorescent minerals, chapter three on mineral occurrences, that's the majority of the book, and then chapter four on the mineral districts, and that's what Stan and I worked on, and then the appendices. So the introduction talks about some of our state symbols. In 1988, the state fossil was declared the petrified wood. And in earlier, in 74, the, two, the turquoise was determined to be the state gemstone. And then you all remember the campaign that we had in 2014, so that in 2015, the state mineral was declared to be wolfenite, and Arizona is really uh, known for its um, uh, wolfenite. So gemstones, this is a typical uh, page in the book. Uh, there's generally a photograph 
and then a description here of azurite. So we go through the minerals that occur in Arizona alphabetically. So some of the Arizona gemstones, uh, everybody's familiar with the gem chrysocolla from Ray. There's opal from Ruby, uh, garnet from uh, Apache County. This one is on the Navajo Reservation, but the ants bring up these garnets, and so you find them in the anthills. Uh, turquoise is uh, the one of the famous localities is Sleeping Beauty. And then uh, fire agate occurs in quite a few places in Arizona in the recent volcanics. So here's some of the uh, typical gemstones. Arizona is particularly famous for peridot or olivine. Uh, I purchased these uh, necklaces and earrings when I was curator of the Arizona Mining and Mineral Museum. We had a wonderful gift shop. So this is the amethyst from Four Peaks Amethyst Mine. And that mine is in a wilderness area, so they have to use a helicopter to go in, and they can't use any uh, machinery like bulldozers. They have to hand pick it. And if you want a tour of it, they're having a helicopter tour next Friday on um, uh, sponsored by the Fine Mineral Gallery at St. Mary's and Granada. Cost $500. I don't know how long they stay, but um, anyway, that's the only way you get there unless you walk for a long ways. So the peridot, you can buy at any um, landscape place that has uh, these basalt rocks that have these inclusions of uh, olivine and diopside. So um, the uh, Sleeping Beauty turquoise is very famous because it has really pretty blue color. And it was located on BHP's Copper Cities uh, near Deep Pit but the company that was subcontracting it was not very responsible and there were landslides into the deep pit so that mine is closed so any sleeping beauty turquoise you have will get more valuable so fluorescent minerals here's uh, an example of calcite that is um, from the, the ruby area the montana mine in santa cruz county now the chapter talks about the different wavelengths, short wave, long wave, mid-range, and talks about what kinds of um, things cause the uh, fluorescence, either something intrinsic to the mineral, some impurity that's in the mineral, or uh, something that's unknown. And some of these are, are truly spectacular, like this this uh, shelite that fluoresces blue. And here's one that fluoresces in five different colors from the five different minerals. So the mineral may look like nothing until you put the um, black light on it. The Arizona Mineral Occurrences is the main portion of the book. It's almost 500 pages. And it describes the minerals in, in fair detail. 
So we had 992 when the book went to print, but Ron Gibbs tells me now there are 1,009 minerals. So new, new minerals are being discovered each, each year. So the localities are listed by county and mineral district. Uh, and we added a lot of photographs to the uh, descriptions. So here's an example of what the, um, uh, what the uh, description looks like. So <clears throat> alphabetically, we go through all of the minerals. There's a short description of the chemistry the exact chemical formula, a little bit about how it forms a retrograde metamorphic mineral. And if it is a type mineral, then the description. Then we go through the counties where it occurs. Uh, for example, it occurs in Gila County in the southeastern Dripping Spring Mountains in the Banner Supersystem Christmas District Christmas Mine how it occurs, fibers and blades, um, uh, where it was uh, discovered. And then there is a citation that is described in the bibliography where you can go and find more information about that mineral. Here's an example of part of the wolfenite. I think we have five pages on wolfenite. There's 300 or more, probably, I think Randall Heath has 500 uh, localities for wolfenite in Arizona. So we obviously would have to have a book all by itself just for um, wolfenite. So we only describe those that are most uh, well known. So there are citations for all of the minerals, except some of them were personal communication. And that most frequently is from Anthony Williams, Badeau and Grant from the third edition, and also from uh, an earlier edition by Galbraith and Brennan. So they didn't always quote some official uh, description. So when we couldn't find a, a citation, we just used uh, third edition or bulletin 181. So the chapter that Stan and I did was on Arizona mineral districts. And the older references talk about mining districts, but those are different from mineral districts because in defining mineral districts, we took into account the geology. So a mining district is an official legal term uh, that was organized by the miners back in the 1800s when there were no sheriffs or other kinds of law enforcement. <clears throat> so the miners created their own rules and regulations. So this combined all kinds of deposits that were in a particular mountain range. Now, mineral districts are categorized by the geological criteria, the types of metals, the age of mineralization, uh, and the magma source that they're related to. So the uh, 
Appendices include the maps that we did, minerals added since third edition, checklist of Arizona minerals, type minerals, doubtful and discredited minerals, uh, organic minerals, and the photography credits. So here's an example of the Appendix A, the mineral district maps. And uh, Stan Keith and I created these, and John Callahan did an incredible job of making these readable, putting in the highways, the mountain range topography, and, and fitting everything into a small space, which is pretty impossible, because there's so many different districts. Also, there's the key down here that describes the type of uh, deposit and so forth. This is what was in the third edition, just blobs on a map. Here we've got the blobs color-coded by the type of district, the um, uh, metals, and the age. So an example of how you use this, uh, people know about the Rowley Mine, which is in Maricopa County in the Painted Rock District. It's uh, MQA, which is quartz alkalic, which is all described later. And the age is 18 to 15 million years ago. So you look around the map and find another district that has those same characteristics. It's this web district is MQA, 18 to 15 million years old. It has slightly different minerals, um, but the likelihood of you finding similar minerals in the web district to those you found in the painted rock district is higher than if you would look in one of these yellow districts. So Appendix B is minerals added since the third edition. So these are the new ones and uh, they uh, have different colors or alphabet, uh, uh, either alphabetic, they're alphabetic and they have either italics or capitals or some other way to distinguish what they are. Appendix C is a checklist of all the minerals in one place. If you're a person who collects Arizona minerals, you can just check off the ones you have. And then D is the type minerals. A type mineral is the one, the mineral as it was first described in the literature, the location and the type of uh, mineral. For example, spangolite was first described in 1890 from the Made of Sunshine mine. Um, Ruizite was described in 1977 from the Christmas mine. And then in 2019, a fairly new one, Lou guy from the 79 mine. Appendix E is the doubtful and discredited minerals. So um, some of them are discredited because further research has discovered that it's just a variety of another mineral. Or in a lot of cases, it was elevated to a group name and the individual minerals within it uh, are the, the minerals. Wolframite is an example of that. 
Appendix F is organic minerals. And I used to teach that if it was organic, it was not a mineral. But the uh, IMA, which is the god of, that decides what things are, are right and which things are not, has, has decreed that, that some <clears throat> organic minerals are, are minerals. <clears throat> Usually these are hydrocarbon minerals, uh, salts of organic acids, or various others. So, so I want to go into more detail now on the mineral district maps. So this is Pima County, and they were so big, so many that, that John had to separate them into two pages in order to get them all. I mean, you see why Arizona is a mineral collector's paradise. There are uh, mineral districts everywhere that have minerals in them. So Stan and I categorized these so that you would know what kind of mineral you could find in the different places. So here's an example of the Cerro Colorado district, which is south of Tucson on the west side of I-19 going towards uh, Nogales. So the district name is Cerro Colorado. Uh, the MAC is the type of deposit. It's a metalluminous alkali calcic, which I'll talk about later. The metals that were produced from that district are silver and lead. There are other minerals or other metals that occur there, um, but they weren't probably as valuable. And then the age of the igneous rock or the age of the mineralization is also listed there in millions of years ago. So these colors are derived from the uh, layer of the mantle from which they came. So the uh, yellow ones uh, or the orange ones come from this uh, district, this uh, lead zinc silver layer. Uh, what's metaluminous alkali calcic. The yellow is a copper rich layer. So if the melting occurred in that at the top of the descending slab in that zone, then you get a porphyry copper deposit. When we were doing this, we noticed that frequently there are similar deposits in a larger area. For example, these blue ones represent PCA, or paraluminous alkalic, and they usually have copper, silver, sometimes they have tungsten, uh, beryllium, uh, uh, feldspar, and so forth. So the Komababi, uh, Kid Peak, Coyote, Papago, uh, San Diego, all of these have a date from 55 to 40 million years ago and are likely to have similar minerals. And it does imply that there was some bigger batholith underneath that shot up these cupolos. So the layers of the mantle where the melting occurs determine what kind of deposit you have. 
So the MAC, the MAC, metaluminous alkali calcic, the orange ones are lead zinc silver districts like, like tombstone. The yellow ones are the copper moly districts like, like um, all the porphyry copper deposits. The pink ones are gold or copper like Bisbee. And if they're uh, red, then they're uranium rich. Let's see. So as we were going through these, we noticed that there are a sequence of three types of deposits in a particular orogeny or mountain building episode. So first comes the metal eminence, the things that have an M. Those are related to a subducting slab that is getting shallower through time. So that's followed by a paraluminous, in other words, two microgranites, both muscovite and uh, biotite. Uh, and those are related to crustal melting because of flat subduction and continent-continent collision. So those happen sort of at near the end of the orogeny when the, when the, um, uh, the subduction is so flat that it gets stuck. Now, when it gets stuck, it has raised the material above it very high, like the current Andes. And when that happens, you get erosion and supergene alteration, which is when you get the beautiful azurite malachite minerals. Then after that is, after it gets to a certain um, stuck point, the bulge is so big that it cracks in this three-cornered uh, way and um, the um, uh, rifts, some of the rifts become ocean basins like the Atlantic did. And that's when you have these rift-related ultra-deep hydrothermal events. I'm used to something that clicks that way. Let's do this. So as we went through all of these ages, we put together a uh, sequence of events. So there is a table 4.1 that is a brief description. And then there's a very detailed one um, that goes uh, all of the individual things. So you'll notice in the Laramide, which was from about uh, 89 to about 40 million years ago, you start with the, the pink, the quartz, the, the um, copper gold, then you have the orange, which, which is the lead, zinc, silver, then the porphyry coppers, and these uh, events of magmatism follow each other by about 10 million years as the slab becomes flatter. And then finally you get the um, paraluminous ones where the melting occurs in the crust. So um, we found this is especially evident in the uh, Laramide and in the Jurassic.
The other thing we really focused on was the interval between orogenies, between mountain building episodes, is when you get all the beautiful chrysocolla, malachite, azurite, so forth. So um, that's uh, sort of when things get reorganized and um, plate tectonics starts going a different direction. And that period of erosion and oxidation is what gives us our beautiful minerals. So we designate those times with a thick uh, line. The way we get these beautiful minerals is called secondary enrichment. And what happens is the uh, copper sulfide, the chalcopyrite, is throughout the whole area. And as it rains, the uh, slightly acid rain leaches the copper and the, the, iron, the, uh, the sulfur <laughs> from the sulfides, and that makes it more acid, and that goes down into the oxidized zone. And when it hits the water table, then it deposits calcite or the azurite malachite. So, so it's that enriched blanket that make the, the copper mines originally uh, very profitable. So what it leaves behind is an iron hat or what's called a gossan. So this is hematite uh, and other kinds of um, oxide minerals. So that's when we get our beautiful azurite, malachite, and so on. So now I can go through some of the um, districts. Uh, the MQA, Quartzalcali, are the copper gold, such as Bisbee. So the primary mineralization is pretty dull looking either chalcopyrite, which are these little gold, copper gold, um, or copper, um, copper iron, pyrite, flex, or bornite, which is this peacock ore here, this, this bluish material. So some of the secondary minerals that you get from those dull looking primary minerals are the azurite, the um, Calcasite, turquoise, copper, um, cuprite, malachite. Now, most of these photographs come from the pictures that I took when I was at the Mineral Museum. If it's got an MM number, then it's from the uh, Arizona Mining and Mineral Museum which incidentally did get the state legislature to give $12 million to the U of A to refurbish the building. So I think they're looking for curators and planners and so on uh, to turn that back into an excellent museum. All of the minerals are still uh, there. So um, that's all still preserved. Now, some of the pictures are taken at the various gem and mineral shows. So this one particularly was taken at the Arizona Treasures 
in uh, 2012. So because Bisbee has those really fantastic uh, minerals, it's interesting to find other things that are the same age. Bisbee is about 200 million years old. And in Western Arizona are these other ones that are about 190 million years old. Cienega, Planet, Swansea, Clara, Midway, uh, Pride, Yuma King, and so on. So it is possible to find similar minerals if you can find the correct sort of um, secondary enrichment zone. Now these may be eroded too deeply to have those remaining, but it's worth a, a, a look. Another one that's also MQA uh, or copper gold is the Mammoth St. Anthony mine or Tiger. This one also has a fantastic uh, selection of secondary minerals, uh, cerusite, and really odd ones like diabolite, boleite, caledonite, and the more common ones like uh, hemimorphite, dioptase, uh, wolfenite, and then another very rare one, leadhylite. So these um, are all similar chemistry. Now the next higher level is the uh, lead zinc silver ones the ones that are orange on the map. And the example of that is tombstone. So we have wolfenite from tombstone, the tough nut mine. We have silver from uh, the lucky cuss mine. That's a flag mineral collection uh, sample. Uh, Emmonsite, which is a silver mineral. Uh, John Anthony used to call these uh, uh, Snot minerals, <laughs> you know, and they not not beautifully crystallized alabandite. So um, those are the kinds of minerals you get at Tombstone, and at uh, nearby Turquoise District, from the same age, about 75, 80 million years, uh, are are these beautiful wolfenites. The Silverbill Mine has really pretty delicate yellow wolfenite and the defiance mine has these uh, kind of stacked uh, wolfenite plates that are more of a reddish brown yellowish brown and another place that has the same chemistry is the glove mine south of tucson so this is a uh, glove wolfenite which is very famous um, it can be black, it can be gray, um, it uh, is most commonly orange. Smithsonite also occurs there. And I always like this little uh, uh, plesiosaur type uh, <laughs> diagram that Olson did of the, of the channel ways that were in the glove mine. So uh, obviously the the solutions ran through there and deposited uh, the wolfenite crystals. Then comes the yellow ones, the MCA, metaluminous calcalcali, and those are the porphyry copper deposits. 
And we are so lucky to have so many porphyry copper deposits in Arizona. I don't remember the statistics, but I do know that Arizona produces almost or more than two thirds of the copper that's used in the US. So each of these red circles is one of these large porphyry copper mines. This is Silver Bell and this is Sierra. So again, the primary minerals are like bornite, which is kind of peacock ore, chalcopyrite, molybdenite, they're pretty dull looking. So um, when you get uh, the veins, then you can get some nice crystals like pyrite from the magma mine, uh, barite also from the magma mine at Superior, uh, stromerite, hematite, tenantite, and bornite. These are uh, not spectacular crystals, but you got to have these in order to get the uh, secondary minerals. So the secondary minerals are eroded, uh, oxidized by the acids that come down from the uh, uh, rainfall that uh, uh, takes the, the sulfur out of the uh, pyrite and the chalcopyrite to make acid. And then you get these beautiful minerals like at the 79 mine, which is an outer lead zinc part of a porphyry copper. So some smithsonite or a calcite, um, cuprite, is it? Cobalite, I can't read it. Cerusite, okay. And this is hemimorphite, sumabite, and a little bit of um, wolfenite. So um, that occurs when you have the erosion. And then if it's a copper scarn, in other words, the metamorphosed edge of the pluton, especially where it uh, connects with a uh, limestone, then you get some of these really pretty minerals like uh, kinoite, dioptase, copper on apophyllite, uh, rosacite. These are from the Christmas mine. Then during the Precambrian, which was an, uh, about you know 1,700 million years ago, you have MC, which is calcite or uh, calc uh, metaluminous calcic, and these are pale tan on the maps. These were created in volcanogenic massive sulfide deposits. So these are. Uh, created by black smokers on the seafloor. This is a modern one. And they spew out these uh, uh, black sulfides in layers. So that's, that's what you have here at Jerome with um, the uh, black schist and, and the massive sulfide ore. Then the uh, paraluminous calcalcali, those are blue on the map. Those are from crustal melting. And that's where you get the shelite, the, the uh, tungsten ore like uh, hubnerite, tungstite, and beryl. And then paraluminous calcic is uh, the kind of deposit that creates gold. So this is uh, probably about a two inch specimen of gold 
from the Reef District. That's an Arizona Sonoran Desert Museum specimen that was at the show. And then uh, also you get some in the Golden Basin uh, District in Mojave County. So there's a uh, challenge with mine names because every time somebody uh, buys a mine or, or restakes it or something, they give it a different name. So it's really a challenge to locate which mines uh, belong in which district. For example, this one is hematite from the Dome Rock Mountains Middle Camp District in um, uh, I think Yuma County. So um, that's what I've been working on lately. So what I'm doing is going through all of these districts, finding the topo map, drawing a line around where the mines are, and describing the geology, the mineralogy, um, the age dates, uh, location, any production, uh, that kind of thing. So that's what I've been working on. It'll probably take me another couple years to finish, but, um, but we're pretty far along with these five. So any questions about the mineralogy of Arizona, which is on sale at the back of the room? <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> You're covered it all well. Oh. <laughs>